it still affects you and sometimes when I stop and look and see what's going on and see our volunteers loving and praying and you know it makes me emotional too still to this day after eight years eight years ago we were feeding 17 people today we probably did about 800 so far god's continued to provide you're listening to find the good news episode 56 the reluctant hug a road trip edition featuring kelly stowecki Find the Good News is produced by Parker Brand Creative Services, a branding agency that thinks sideways, pushes forward, and gets your brand up. See what else we do at parkerbrandup.com. Thank you so much for making time to listen to this road trip edition of Find the Good News with Kelly Stowecki. The Water's Edge Food Pantry is one of the shining jewels of compassion in southwest Louisiana, and I'm honored to finally be able to share their story through Find the Good News. I feel strongly that these road trip videos bring a richness to the podcast listening experience. You can find them on our Facebook page or our YouTube channel. Just visit findthegood.news for the links to those pages. Next week, I get to share my visit with Richard Harrell and his son, Jack. It's a great conversation about a father's love for his son and how that love returns. As you may know, Jack is a wonderful young piano player, and he gives us a special musical treat in this episode. I want to remind you that Find the Good News has live episodes that you can participate in. By the time you listen to this, we'll have two live episodes in our listening queue. The live show provides a great opportunity to visit with some new amazing folks and bring back past Good Newsy guests as co-hosts on the show. You can listen live at Mixler.com. That's M-I-X-L-R.com. Get the app and join the live chat during the live shows. We post all live shows on all of our social media pages, so check that out. I've really enjoyed producing Find the Good News this past year. My team and I have so many wonderful ideas on how we can grow the good news signal, but we need a little bit of help from you. If you found the good news valuable at all, consider supporting the show as a patron at patreon.com slash findthegoodnews. There are no tiers, just levels. Each Early Risers Club patron gets access to a private podcast with the team behind Find the Good News called The B-Sides. It's a sneak peek into how the show is made and the minds that make it happen. This is a great episode, so let's get to it. Shake off any judgments or residual hangups from the day. Roll your shoulders, wiggle your toes, breathe in and breathe out. Close your eyes for just a second. Let the cracks in your heart begin to show. Now, press play on a little good news. It's not easy for me to avert my gaze when I see someone in need, especially the homeless or food impoverished. If you've listened to this show, then you know that images of the hungry affected me deeply when I was a little boy, and those photos haunt the hallways of my mind every single day. Still, being haunted by something doesn't always motivate one to take action. I won't lie to you and say that I've always helped or given, no matter how heavy my heart may have felt. Perhaps this is why I am humbled when I meet people who have said yes when the call to serve is placed on their heart, who go do the work even if circumstances aren't favorable for them to do so. This is what I saw with my own eyes when I visited with Kelly Stowecki at the Water's Edge Food Pantry in Lake Charles, Louisiana for this road trip edition of Find the Good News. Like many, I had heard about the Water's Edge Food Pantry, understanding that they were serving the needs of the food impoverished and homeless in Southwest Louisiana. But what I didn't grasp was the swelling number of homeless and impoverished in our area. 
While headlines boast an economic boom, there are families and individuals that cannot provide the basic needs for their children or for themselves. While the needs increase and resources decrease, Kelly Stowecki and the volunteers at Water's Edge Food Pantry continue to arrive and serve food and supplies to those in need. But their hearts are even bigger than that. By allowing me to come and film, Kelly invited me in the presence of what I can only call the loving heart of God, burning hot with compassion. Many times throughout the day, I simply stood stunned by the waves of mercy I witnessed and the eyes of gratitude that looked back from those being served. I felt the great blanket of equanimity in this space, and on the faces of each servant, I saw smiles, true joy. Kelly Stowecki and the volunteers at Water's Edge may be offering full bellies for those that enter the doors of their converted sanctuary, but if the love that expanded in my heart was any indication, then I believe those being served leave filled with something that has an immeasurable value. They learn that they are seen and loved and that their existence matters. They are reminded that humanity is still good, no matter how hard the world may seem. This is the good news I have been seeking, and I have found it yet again in Kelly Stowecki and the good people at Water's Edge. Wake up, it's morning. You're dreaming up a story I can hear The way it's going Cause you're laughing in your sleep On the path to your deliverance And a holy Lord of light Pouring through your window Old news, and I'm bad news, fake news Sometimes you want to hit the road and get away from it all. With Find the Good News Road Trips, I get behind the wheel and seek out good people doing good works. I travel the highways, byways, and back roads to seek out artists, educators, civic and spiritual leaders, musicians, business owners, students, volunteers, and everyday citizens who are using their creativity, resources, and talents to bring hope and happiness to the places and spaces that hold meaning for them. In each episode, I journey into the hearts and minds of my extraordinary guests. We have down-to-earth conversations about relatable things going on in their lives and in their communities. I uncover the critical life experiences that shaped them, the environments that nurtured them, and the fundamental beliefs that have anchored them to a path of goodness. There's a lot of news on the open road. My name is Oren Parker, and you're invited to take this road trip with me to find the good. third road trip episode mm-hmm. I've got to do and believe it or not you were I had made a list when I first started the show mm-hmm. and you were on that list cool and so I reached out and I, I was asking some folks if they knew who you were or what was the best way to get in touch with you and uh, it just didn't work out I never could connect and then eventually we connected on Facebook because I interviewed Tony right you know so anyway I think the road trips episodes are really special because I get to go um, put my eyes on something you know Mm -hmm. and instead of just getting to hear the story I get to kind of be a part of the story and and get to see it firsthand and I got to tell you today just kind of I went through a whole range of emotions today it's a little hard I don't know how you guys do it to be honest with you because I was just filming and there were a couple of times where I just kind of had to hold it back, you know? Right. Yeah. How do y'all do that? I think it, um, 
it does build with time. Yeah. It never stops hurting or grabbing your emotions. But I think when you do this day in and day out, um, God's grace almost gives you more strength to handle it. Um, Because it's something we see every single day. So um, it still affects you. And sometimes when I stop and look and see what's going on and see our volunteers loving and praying and, you know, it makes me emotional too, still to this day after eight years. Is that how long it's been? Eight years? I mean, surely it didn't look like this eight years ago. No, it did not. (laughs) How far has it come in eight years? Um, Eight years ago, we were feeding 17 people. Today, we probably did about 800. So really big difference. Wow. Mm -hmm. Is that how many people came through here today? Um, we feed per person, so it depends on how many you have in your family. So okay. there may be one person representing eight people or six people or four people or whatever. So, okay. um, Whereas a lot of food banks do, like, um, standard boxes. So if you come in and you're one person, you get one box. If you come in with 12 people in your family, you get the same box. What we do is feed per person. So... Um, we've always said we may have to go to a standard size box because that's it's costly. And um, so far, God's continued to provide. So. Well, yeah, today, I mean, I watched everybody who volunteered. I mean, which, first of all, that was – it always touches me when I see volunteers show up for, for anything. But to see people come and do this, I, I don't know. It's just uh, out of just – love right it i mean is. just straight up it love is straight up love and then just watching every watching them make the bags up specifically depending on the needs of the person mm-hmm. uh, or the family Correct. you know i don't know it was just everyone was very busy but you could see that it was very important that Correct. that they do that yeah <laughs> uh so can you tell me kind of how this started like where this begins for you and water's edge and just what's the origin of I'm a teacher by trade and um, have lupus and I was on a sabbatical for some health issues I was having and during that year I started um, getting better but wasn't able to go back to work yet Okay. and just started getting busy up here and it was always a vision of Pastor Tony to have a food pantry and um, So you were already going to church? Yes, I was already going to church here and we just... You know, people would come in needing food, and I'd run to the store and get a few things. And then we started asking for donations, and then we took our sprinkler closet and made that a little closet and put a little shelf, and then now it's wall-to-wall shelves. And um, it just kept growing. And when I got well, I decided that I felt like God was calling me to stay here and do this full-time, and that's what I did. Well, I mean, it's absolutely blossomed, obviously, right? I mean, I, I guess as I was filming today and just watching y'all work, I was trying to stay out of the way, to be honest with you, because it was so much activity going on. Um, but we were inside, so that's your sanctuary, right? Correct. Where, where that takes place. There's something to me, and it just as I was filming today, I thought, how beautiful is this? You know, there's so many... Um, churches that I've been into been in and and seen the sanctuary and the pews are kind of bolted to the floor right right and in, in y'all's situation I loved that I was like you know they, they just moved the chairs out of the way and repurposed the sanctuary as a place of service for and I think that's so cool yeah 
I, I loved that. I just kept thinking about that the whole time, how things would just get moved. And I thought, you know, on Sunday or, or however many times you'll have a service a week, this is going to be set up for worship. Correct. You know, and, and here it is. It, it becomes a service as well. And I don't know. It just got me thinking about that's how we ought to be, too, as people, right? I mean, Correct. we can worship and adore but we should also have the capacity to move our chairs around and serve. That's correct. Yeah. And I mean, that sanctuary becomes um, a homeless shelter in the winter when it's cold. Yeah, y'all I mean, did that. We pick up all the chairs, put air mattresses out, and um, I believe that our buildings are meant to be used and glorify God through those by service of others. And that's what we, we do here. And I think that's so cool. There's no, you can't bring donuts or coffee or you know none of those rules it's just a building yeah we make use out of it yeah what are you what are you doing with it right correct yeah so the logistics of the whole thing i I guess i'm i don't know anything about it where does the food come from uh where are the resources coming from because i mean you fed a lot a lot of people came in and got groceries today right it's the coolest thing (laughs) And most people don't believe me when I say this, but this is absolutely 100% true. We do have a budget. We spend about $700 a week that the church provides. Okay. But all the rest of it's donations. We get no government help, no second harvest, nothing. It's just people dropping off food. Really? Correct. Is it just people, not just church members? Not just church members. our, like the produce and stuff you saw today, that comes from Friendships, Port Mercy. Um, okay. They donate, you know, they get extras, and so they bring us stuff every time we open. Um, and that's every week? Every other Thursday. Every other, oh, okay, so this that's right. That's and then our church Thursday. members donate, you know, stuff on Sundays, and then just team other people throughout the community. Yeah. Um, you know, they'll find cereal on sale for 50 cents a box. And so I bought you 20 cases or, you know, yeah. just things like that. So it's really a cool thing. So it's important that people are aware of your need and who, what, how you're helping people because when you're shopping and you have – it's important that that's in your mind, right? That, yeah, I'm that's shopping right. for me and my family, but if there's an opportunity for me to give. So often I think and, – and I don't want to belittle these things because, I mean, that's tithing is important to, to a lot of people. But so often um, you can, we can get in the routine of a tithing system where we just put it in the coffers. But, but that extra uh, mercy – I guess. so blessed. Yeah. It's so blessed. Something I noticed today, and I just made a mental note of it, was how many people that were volunteering here knew the names of the people that they were serving. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. And it made me want to ask you, how how many people, I guess, do you serve on the regular? Are there people that you go, hey, they depend on this food pantry? Like, this is important. I absolutely believe there's people who depend on it. Um In the past, like when we've closed for a few weeks, you know, for vacation or something, um, it's always been so hard to catch back up. And the need is so strong, so we've just, this year we have stayed open the whole time and um, to meet those needs. And it's like the stories we hear, we have a veteran that we've been serving since the day we opened. He chooses between food and medicine. And so... um, we gladly provide the food so he can purchase his meds mm. and just 
numerous stories like that. Um, you know, kids, <clears throat> grandparents raising their grandchildren um, on a fixed income or single moms or um, there's just tons of reasons. And I think if we weren't here, you know, their stories would go a lot different. So it, we continuously serve the same people over and over and they keep coming back for those reasons. And it's even when they get back on their feet, some of them um, say, um, I didn't eat food this week, but I just want to come hang out or I just want to help serve or because it's not just really the food. It's about the love that they receive here. And yeah. um, these volunteers are not all from the water's edge. <laughs> they're from different churches. Really? Yes. It's oh, so I cold. didn't realize that. Yes. Um, We've got a lot of our homeless today. We've had four homeless here serving. You didn't oh, even really? know that. No, I didn't know that. Yeah, they just come to serve. Really? Uh, mm-hmm. Are these people that y'all serve through your yes, homeless ministry? Yes, through our homeless ministry. And um, they were here making bags and carrying out groceries. And I did not know that. Yes. I, I meant to introduce you. Sorry about uh, that. No, Orn, no. I will. Some of them are still here. That's so I okay. I, mean, I, just, I think that actually is more beautiful. It is because it, it may, for me it just anytime an assumption I have is revealed I take note of it and that's an assumption that I would have is that oh all these people here you know um, they go to church here it's, they're involved in just this ministry and everything's all put together but the reality is there's people that don't have everything and they're here serving too we have several here that started here by doing community service hours. Oh, really? And um, have finished and still come. <laughs> really? Yeah, and serve. So because it just... It, it just feels right. It's not just community service. That's yeah. right. Something happens when you serve uh, people. That's, <laughs> don't. <laughs> I just have a... You know, it's hard to... I'll, no, no, I'm, you're, you're a simple, me I'm going to get you crying. I, I'll probably cry ten times as we talk. I've done it several times today. Because I guess working uh or serving people and you you see how blessed you are you do you, you really, really do. do and what and honestly for me what i take for granted what you take for granted you know and i want to see that i don't want to be apathetic i really don't i want to feel those things because i i, I think with that if you stop feeling those things you don't it doesn't make you a better person. It doesn't open your heart. It just lets your heart either stay stagnant or closed. And I don't want to do that. Is that. Have you seen that happen here in doing this in those eight years that it's been this heart's change? Oh, my gosh. In my heart. Really? <laughs> I mean. How have you changed? Um, like my very beginning, how this started was um, we were, I was very behind the scenes person. Um kind of an introvert, didn't want to be involved, but wanted to be part of. Mm, right. And our writers were doing a um, giveaway to the homeless, and they invited me to go, and I was like, can't do it. <laughs> They're like, no, really calm, and um, I did. And um, there was a lady named Miss Sheila, and... <sighs> I'm sorry. No, you don't have to apologize. Please don't apologize. And I tried to give her some money, and she said, I don't want your money. I want you to hug me. 
Yeah. And I didn't think I could do it. Hogger? Because I'm a germ-phobe. Mm. <laughs> and I'm very sensitive stomach. And she was filthy. And um, people that I turned my head away from when I stopped at the stop sign. Mm-hmm. But I did. Yeah. And in that moment, God really changed my heart. It was me who was broken, not Sheila. Mm. And that's where it started. That's when you knew. That's when I knew. And he used that to change my heart and give me different eyes. And I've never been looked at them the same, any homeless the same again. And it was truly the snap of a fingers for me. Um, and I've let him use me to serve him. Isn't it something how that works? Because I, I, can, I don't know. I tend to think visually, and I, I think about the summer. We planted these sunflower seeds and uh, in all these different pots, and we put them in the ground, and we dug these holes, and we had these ideas that we were going to have this beautiful arrangement of sunflowers. They were all going to bloom. All the seeds were going to crack open and get the right amount of light and water, and they were all going to just be this perfect, beautiful little bouquet of yellow around our bushes in front of our house. And only only two of them actually bloomed, and then uh, after they bloomed, a rabbit came and ate them up, so they didn't even <laughs> make it. But I guess my point is, how many how many of us have that? little seed right and it's each it gets planted in each one of us it really does it just on that day you got the right water and the right moment and the right light and it cracked open and it changed everything and it's turned into all this you know and that isn't always what happens but that's just the way that's the way it goes i uh i had a story i think i've shared it on the podcast and i don't share it as a pat on the back i just share it because it, it it's similar you know, we were in New Orleans a couple of years back, and I had got up early to go take a walk, and I, I prefer New Orleans in the daytime. And uh, I went and got coffee, and it was cold, and I was walking back to where we were staying, and I saw a man, which, I mean, you go to New Orleans, there's no right. shortage of homeless people. But he was, it just it was really cold, I do remember that, and I had that moment where I saw the man and he was laying on the concrete, and there was really nobody out. And I walked to the middle of the road to cross the street to go back where I was at, and I just, I happened to be wearing a ring that had a compass on it, like a, a metal compass image. And I, I looked down at my hand, and I looked at that ring, and I just remember going to hearing, like, in my heart, like, which direction are you going to go, man? Like, what are you doing? And so I think I, I felt like I stood there in the middle of the street forever, which it wasn't but a moment. But I went back and I just sat down next to that man and he was, he woke up and I asked him if he wanted my coffee and he kind of was apprehensive. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we talked for a minute and sitting there on the ground with him, I'll just spare you all the details you can imagine. Right. He He said something that really just stuck and he said, are you even real? And he really meant that. And I said, yeah. 
He said, nobody's talked to me. I haven't had anybody talk to me. He said, and you're sitting on the ground talking to me. And he said, that's just sometimes all that matters, you know? And uh, I realized that the, the mercy just sometimes is just paying attention to people. It really is. You know, and you saying that, oh, she didn't want your money. She wanted your love and just attention just to, to feel what I got from him was he wanted to feel like his existence was worth having, that he was also loved just like anybody else. He was a human being. He deserved just to be acknowledged. To be acknowledged. You know, but y'all take it so much further. You've turned this into so much more than just acknowledging people, which I know that's a part of it because I saw you today. Right. You know, talking to people and praying with people. And I didn't well, eavesdrop, but I mean, I could, it was easy to observe that there was right. pain and, and hardship there and you were sitting with the people. Right. And that's a part of this. You're not just providing food. Yeah, I feel like it's more like the Water's Edge Therapy on Thursdays, 11 to 2. Come on. You know, yeah. and it's so good for the people who are doing it as well as the people who are receiving it. Mm-hmm. Um, that it's changed their life, the volunteer's life, as much as has the people who are getting something. Yeah. And um, it's just amazing. I, you know, today, everyone kind of, not everyone, but the different people that I did get to talk to, the volunteers, said that it just doesn't end end for you on Thursdays though at the, when the food pantry ends yeah. right so what what does a Thursday look like for you because it goes way way beyond just okay, so this food pantry it's about 12 hours day we um, different churches businesses restaurants families cook for us and they provide me 75 to 125 meals already boxed up and ready to go and um we will fill the Durango up and with that and Gatorade and often we will hit the streets and okay. feed the homeless. You know, do that every week? Every Thursday. Every Thursday. And where do you, do you know where to go? Yes, Are there places? It's just through time we've learned, you know, um, there are no homeless camps per se. Like people, people say we have, you know, homeless camps. We don't. I mean, if there are any, I don't I've know heard about people it. say that, but I've never. There's just, there's none. I mean, I think we the most we have is like four tents at one place, but okay. there um, we just know. I mean, we've done it every Thursday for eight years, so you know they know to be visible if they're not at their tent where I can find them, and that's what we do. Okay, so I have heard that the the sort of legends or hearsay that there's big homeless camps or like i've heard people say there's like a whole tent city there's somewhere. not so there's not there's and you would not. know i would know yeah i would absolutely know so where are where i mean someone who's homeless in our area what are their options where do they go i mean where do they stay what are, what are people doing to survive <laughs> it's kind of crazy but for one thing it's illegal to be homeless it's still in the books vacancy is against the law so as far as me, if you came in to me and you were homeless and I gave you a tent and you said, where could I put it? I'm not allowed to tell you that because ah, I see. it's illegal. Yeah, you're aiding so, and abetting. That's then, right. right? Okay. So, um, but just about every set of woods you see in Lake Charles, there's a homeless person living in them. Okay. Um, our main, the majority of ours are from where the church is on 14 all the way down to past 90. Okay. I mean, that's the brunt of ours, We but we have them south side of town. We have them the Civic Center. We, you know. Yeah. 
but our biggest group probably 80-ish to more or down highway 14. well is that, is that because highway 14 is an artery with with resources on it i mean is that kind of why what do you, what, do you have some any any input as to why that would be that way uh i think um i don't really know yeah. i mean i think it's part of its economical stuff I you know you. and then of course abraham's 10 is located off frugia on 90 so um and there's a lot more bus stops on 90 mm-hmm. than there are south of town so if they're having to use it for transportation you know maybe those kind of things but not as far as <clears throat> actually why i don't yeah I was just wondering, I mean, because I, I, I do notice that when I travel 14, that I see more people that, I, I mean, I, I know or you can tell by what they have with them that they, are, they have nowhere to stay. Right. You know, most of their belongings are on their bike or their back. And Salvation Army is off of 14, but many of them can't stay there. You have to have IDs and all kind of, you know, specific roles. So a lot of them don't qualify for that. And then... Um, there's probably less people who notice maybe on down 14 in the woods yeah yeah maybe so so these these restaurants and stores and individuals that are providing these hundred meals uh-huh. is it changed from week to week oh yes and you have how how did that go about i mean how did that did they just hear about you doing this yeah, I mean, basically they just hear about it but like some of them have been providing food for the last eight years so like where they were giving us 20 meals we were feeding 20 homeless they're now providing 100 you know and they've grown with us so yeah. it's been thank you it's been um incredible to keep them hanging around because most of them felt like they're led to do it too so they really they just do are these and i mean if i'm i don't know how far i can get into asking you who these restaurants are i mean are they i mean really we've had so many restaurants really but one of my main ones which he's probably gonna <laughs> be mad at me for saying is pronius deli really? mr brian um he doesn't want to take any glory for it yeah, you know but he has cooked for me for years and if we shelter here he cooks for shelter i mean he's just they're amazing people but we've had mellow mushroom um elliot bushnell with the um catering company i mean so people step forward oh, yes. and it sounds like it's people that they they believe in what you're doing correct so as far as what there is for somebody who finds himself in that situation, I mean, there's 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 water's edge. But, Correct. But what else is there? Not much. Not much. And I've heard that over and over again. We don't have that in our community right now. I mean, we have other um, churches and some groups, you know, that help some, but it's there's just nothing here. I mean, we don't have... Um, shelters we i mean we just don't i mean we have no family shelter so if you come in a mom and dad and kids who've been evicted i have no place to put you as a group you know um our shelter that does take women and the kids have to be certain age and down young young kids so if you've got a 12 year old you can't go there um you know it's there's there's just really nothing yeah here i mean it's it's 
I live in Sulphur, and, you know, there's a homeless community there, too. And I say community loosely. I mean, it's not like they all live together. Right. Uh, but that's, I guess that's the term. Right. The homeless community. But uh, you do see, and I, I wonder about that, you know, where, and there is, like, the biker church in Sulphur. You know, right. they, they try to help, and they do help. Uh, and, you know, I guess they kind of like you know where to go to provide resources and what right. kind of resources are needed. And we provide um you know, tents, sleeping bags, okay. toiletries, uh, socks. So where off. does that come from? Um, donations. Really? <laughs> yes, it's amazing. I want to show you the homeless closet before you leave. Yeah, I want to see It's that. really okay. legit. Um, we have T-shirts. I mean, you name it. You'll see Band-Aids, eyeglasses. Uh, I mean, you name it, we have it in that closet. Yeah. So they know they can come here and um, get that from us. And we do. We back sacks. I mean, you name it. It's in there. But it's not a home. Right. You still have to go out and right. make it outside right. of the walls. So the people that came in today, I mean, I kind of assume that they were individuals, you know, and families. And like you said, they were maybe an individual coming to buy for a family or, or not buy, but receive for a family. Do you ever have anybody, any people from the homeless community come? Yeah, there was a bunch of homeless that came oh, okay. today. You just didn't notice. Well, yeah, I wouldn't know. So we do like what we call a homeless bag, a non-cooked bag. Okay. And it's going to have heater meals, kind of like MREs, but way better. I yeah. mean, they taste. the homeless tell us they taste way better. I'll they show actually you one showed of the, me yes. that little closet. Yes. That's right. The, so we'll make a non-cooked bag, and they can come get that every week. It's They don't have to wait every other Thursday. Okay. And so we provide them with snacks and, you know, things that they don't have to cook. Sure. Dry goods. Dry goods, yeah. things like that. And so they can come anytime. Come Any, in yes. On a certain day? Uh, really anytime. Um, we don't turn them away for food ever. And you receive donations for that too, or are those items since they're specific that you have to buy? We receive those through donations. Really? I was going to purchase the heater mills because the homeless loved them, and they're just really convenient because it comes with a drink, a protein, a main meal, and a snack. But they were like 12 bucks a piece, so. Yeah. Um, I can't remember some kind of National Guard or something has donated their leftovers to us twice. I mean, probably 30 cases at a time, and we've stretched them to make them work. So Yeah. Water's Edge, you know, has this reputation for serving people. Oh, good. <laughs> I mean, that's all I hear. I mean, I'll tell you, like, so many people who have come on this podcast, you know, when you find out where they're going to church, it's a lot of times it's Water's the Edge. Water's Edge. Yeah. And it just seems to be an attitude of service. Do you feel that oh, absolutely. overall? I mean, do you feel like that's like the overarching stream, or is that's it just absolutely. love in general? It's it is service, but our pastor is amazing, and it's always been his heart. That's why he started this, and he instilled that to us in the very beginning, since we started the church. I mean, we were doing clothes giveaways. I mean, you name it, we've been serving the city. He wanted us to love God, love people, and serve the city, and that's what we've done. Yeah. And um, and we just keep adding to it, and he just keeps supporting that, you know? Yeah. He's cool. <laughs> oh, I'm glad. <laughs> well, I mean, he's saying, hey, this, these, these, uh, these good traits have risen in the body of this church. We should celebrate them and let them grow, right? That's right. So you said that about supporting the city. Do y'all work with the city in any Absolutely. capacity? Absolutely. Okay. Like what kind of things have y'all worked um, 
Well, we teamed up with them to be the emergency shelter. So they tell us when, okay, the temperature is going to be 35 degrees for four hours or longer. I need you to open. And we open. They provide us. Um, the sheriff department provides us with security. The city provides us, help us with transportation to get in them here. Okay. Um, if we need anything, you know, they're here. Yeah. So. That's kind of cool. And then um, we work, we have sat in on some meetings with Nick Hunter that where changes, you know, trying to come with getting some services started. And we're working on some things there um, to be revealed soon. Yeah. So we're excited about all that. Yeah. Just lots of good things happening. And you feel like the current administration uh, is very supportive. Very supportive. Well, I think that's good because, I mean, I, I mean, I, I don't do what you guys do. But just being here today and just using my eyes, okay? I mean, in day-to-day life, I can see things have definitely changed. And it seems like we have a more um, obvious number of homeless people in our our areas. Absolutely. Yeah, and I mean, I don't know if that's come because of uh, we have... The economy's changing. We have more people in the area. I don't know what it is, but it's uh, There's a lot of uh, um, mixed things, but one of the big things is a lot of people come here for work, and mm-hmm. the work's not attainable, so mm-hmm. they're stuck here. Um, people think there's so much work, so we have a lot of prisoner release programs throughout the state, even out of state, who get one ticket when they get out and... Where do you want to go? Like Charles, because there's work, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah, it's it's weird. I know that's an interesting topic because I think about that all the time. Uh, you know, we have a branding business, and a lot of times people go, oh, you know, the economic boom is the, the term, you know? And I said, well, it doesn't affect everybody the it same doesn't. way. And it's not like uh, – the old west where it's like hey there's work in this town and you go to the town and it's like hey i need 10 guys who can you know bail hay (laughs) let's you know and then here's what you get for the day it's not like that i mean some people to just get the job need resources to go to work sometimes we say hey you know why don't you get a job or why don't you do this or why don't you do that and to even do those things, you have to have resources. That's right. You know, you have to have transportation. You have to have clean clothes. Clean clothes and ID. You've got, you know, there's things so you need, an address, a place, a, a way for people to get in touch with you. I mean, in these days, that's a cell phone. I mean, and not everybody has a cell phone. Yeah. So, you know, when you're in survival mode, some of those basic things that we all take for granted just aren't there. It's not as simple as people think. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's one of my huge pet peeves is when people say, just get a job. It's yeah. like, just not that easy. Right. Um, and believe it or not, a lot of our homeless do work. Um, yeah. I mean, when you're talking about making eight bucks an hour, you, it's not enough to pay $1,100 a month rent. Right. You know? That's absolutely true. I mean, I know this, you know, I've told some people that even about... Um, like my daughter, you know, when she was trying to get out and get on her feet, you know, and working minimum wage jobs and doing that kind of thing that a lot of young people have to do, there's no real runway for her to make a lot of money really quickly. So you're going, hey, you want to get out on your own? You want to do this? It's going to take resources. When you start looking what rent is is or a lease on something, it's going up and up and up. And you're like, well, then they really can't you do the math uh, and the young person can't do that Mm -hmm. so if they don't have 
a place to stay. Let's say, I mean, in, in, in some people's situation, you have a family that can support you mm-hmm. or maybe a room that, you know, you can live with your parents or whatever it may be, but there's a lot of people they that don't do that. not have that. They, the family's unstable or the person that they are depending on can't take care of themselves even. That's right. What are they supposed to do? And I'm not trying to say that, you know, do nothing. I'm just saying it. there are circumstances where a person right. can get themselves in a, a, cr- a crevasse that they just cannot and with the rent, too, one of the big things that happen here is, like, we, um, you know, you're renting a house for five, $600 a month, and now all of a sudden rent is crazy high. Sure. And the landlord sees, I mean, no fault to, to him. It's a business still. I mean, yeah. he can. It's his place. His place. Yeah. He can double that. Right. So you either have to pay double or you have to get out. And that's, we received a lot of our families that way for that very instant. Mm. And, um it's oh, been rough. I'll tell you. I mean, I, 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 and I don't definitely don't want to tell this by and make it sound like by any stretch that it's close, but it's just a, a little taste for me was after Hurricane uh, Rita. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I just, just gotten a divorce. And so I was, my money was very thin. Mm-hmm. And, I was renting a little house, and it was just in that I just lucked out. Had enough rooms in it for me and my kids, and I was making just enough money to pay for it and just barely getting by paying child support and the things I had to do. So it was like, okay, I can do this, but it's like if anything goes awry, it's over. I won't be able to do it. You know, the hurricane came. Luckily, the house was still standing, and it was livable, so I— came back home i moved back in and started cleaning it back up week one after i get back the landlord shows up and said um y'all gotta get out i was like what you gotta get out because there's mold well there wasn't but it was like an insurance thing scam and they were just gonna you know make the money off of this little place they didn't want to rent it anymore and i said but i just got it cleaned and i'm i'm and I was really, I could feel myself getting angry because, honestly, I was like, what am I going to do? And then at that time, there was nowhere to rent. There's nowhere. There was nothing. And so I looked and I looked and I looked and I ended up staying in a tent for a little while. And not very long, but just a little bit. And I was panicky. Like, what am I going to do? You know? And I, uh, luckily, I found a place, but it had no air condition and it was just something. Right. You know, and it, it made do for six months, but but it was a place that... It was double what it was before. Right. And so I was paying what I couldn't afford. And then that was the beginning of like a time where I couldn't even buy groceries. You know, and I was going to the angel food at the church in Sulphur to get food, mm-hmm. you know. And I remember that. It didn't last long, but it was not. There's so many elements to that to, to, for people that it's so easy to think that it's your fault or it's somebody else's fault i mean but i i as somebody who just experienced like i said just that little taste of that you have to get over your pride mm-hmm. you have to get over yourself and you have to say well this is where i'm at there's so many things that it does to you psychologically emotionally on top of trying to do right by your family yeah it's tough it's tough, and I go, you know, when I hear people say that, just simple things like that, get a job, or, well, why don't they do this, a month to do that, and I go, you just you don't even know the, the the combination of things that could have happened to cause this. That's right. And even, you know, 
One of the things that with the homeless that they lose the most when they become homeless is family and community. I mean, those are the two biggest things they lose. Yeah. And um, it becomes a very lonely world out there. Sure. So when we start replacing those things, we become the family. Mm-hmm. Um, we become the community. You yeah. know, a lot of, I mean, we'll have 30, 40, 50 at church here on Sundays. Everybody knows them. You know, they know to come get donuts and coffee. I mean, it's a community. Um, we're part of that community. Mm. That's when the real change, that's when you begin to see the real change. And even when they fall down again and you're there to support them because falling down means it's over for them, to most of them. So, you know, if we keep showing up, keep showing up, keep showing up, and they're like, they really do care. So that's when you start seeing the change. And so we are 100% about being family and community, and whatever that takes, we're willing to do. I think, if you don't mind, I mean, just for me to bring it into the spiritual arena just for a minute, I, I feel like it's important to bring it up because that's one of the things about Christianity that I've always found amazing. Just that component right there to to actually have such an integral part of the call or the mission to be to serve the other and to see the other as yourself and to do for others as if they are Christ, right? right? right. I mean, to actually do unto them. Yes. And that is such... It's so important. And it's like when I was a child, and, you know, I don't want to say this in a negative way, but I never received that message in the the church I was attending when I was a child. I mean, I did receive good messages, but it was much more important that I believe something uh, and that everybody knew I believed it versus doing something there wasn't as much doing as there was believing and i'm not, again i don't want to be talk bad in that regard because everybody <laughs> starts somewhere but that that specific call to serve others and it may it made me feel like and i was i had this thought today when i was filming y'all i was like everything else could be is the temples we build which I love those things. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I love right. stained glass. I love beautiful temples. I love candles and incense, and I love form. I do. I think it's beautiful, and it, it helps me get into a space where I can feel my heart, a sacred mm-hmm. space. But if those are the only, if that's all I've got, it's empty without what you guys are doing. That's what I kept thinking today. I was just looking at y'all, and I was like, all that other stuff is just salt. It could just it really be is. washed away into the sea. If I can't take an action and serve my human brothers and sisters, and maybe it's through food or maybe it's through comfort or maybe it's just through listening, whatever that is, it has to be that element. Or or to me, it's, this is a bold statement, it's a dead faith. It is. It's just dead for me. And Tony, Pastor Tony is the one who, I mean, He's taught us that. He, I wasn't that person before that day or before coming to church here and, and learning um, that. And it's definitely grown. I'm not the same person I was two years ago even. But um, it's 
I don't think you can go back once you start serving others and experience that kind of love. Mm. I don't think you can go back. And if you do, I don't want to know. Yeah, I don't know if I could ever unsee once you've seen that. I don't think you can. Yeah, I think that that's that that thing, that that cracking open, that seed, and once it gets out, it's kind of out. It's there. Well, it's out and it germinates, right? I mean, look, you've got all these people. Amazing people. I know. I was thinking that today. I was trying to imagine what you've explained it to me, but I was trying to imagine what was this like at the beginning to see all these people just knowing what to do today. I don't even know, like, how we know. They just know. They're amazing. and. You know, when we shelter, it's like, oh, sorry, when we shelter, they, I mean, they're just, everybody's just amazing. I don't know. I don't know why we're so blessed with these volunteers. Um, like, they'll say, this is a great idea. Do you mind? And I'm like, no, that's perfect. You know, it's yeah. like, they think of the things to do and run it. And they put so much heart behind it. And I just I sit in amazement every week. I'm just like, is this really happening? Is yeah. I mean, how did this? <laughs> you know what else is interesting? And I mean, I want to bring this up because I think so often I'm guilty of this. I mean, I don't know how many times, but I know I've been guilty um, of the payoff of serving others, getting a payoff. And I guess what I mean by that is if you're serving somebody, there's this human inclination to go, if I give you something, what do you give me back? You say, thank you. Right. Thanks for being this great person that gave me this. Right. And so we get this little little serotonin, a little dopamine, a little ego boost and all that good stuff. And we're like, oh, and you get warm and fuzzy and going, I'm special. I'm good. I did good. They said, thank you. That's not always the case when no, you serve people. Sometimes it's... you get, and I watched that even today. Right. I saw, you know, being behind the camera, sometimes you're you're seeing things through a lens and so you get zoned in and I mean I saw a few of those interactions where um, maybe even some people were apathetic some people were very grateful Mm -hmm. and some people were not even nice right and you're the people that were volunteering navigated that stuff like they had a star chart they knew what to do (laughs) like they did it I I was telling one of the, the girls I don't know her name but I said, you handled that with, like, the word is grace. I mean, absolute grace. They're amazing. Yeah. They really are. And still have a desire to come back week every, right. you know, and do it again. That's what's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. They keep showing up. I don't know why. So, um, it's a blessing. Have y'all been recognized by anybody in the community for what you do? I mean, not just as, I mean, like I'm trying to recognize you, but not like in just this capacity, (laughs) but like, you know, um, from anybody with any kind of clout, I guess is the the way to say it, where they like call it out and say, hey, you know, you're serving this community and this. Yes. I mean, I think our mayor has done that. Yeah. Um, He's done it, you know, at city council meetings and, um, and I think KPLC did it. Yeah. Us, hometown Hero yeah. or something yeah. like that. They brought the light. They shed a lot of light on it. And, um, you know, but that's not why we do it. So right. that's my least favorite part. Yeah. My well, I mean, favorite. I think you've said that even when right. we first started talking. Right. Like, this isn't like your it. cup of tea to, it's like. not. I'm not. Um, I'm just me. I don't. Yeah. You're I not don't doing know. this to get right. a, uh, an award. Nope. 
the reward is just doing it. That's right. Yeah. I don't think you could ever stop. I don't think I could. I think you're on a, I think, I mean, just seeing this today and just talking to you, you can tell you're, you're, it's, you're just, it's, it was an integral change. Like you and said. And I mean, it's, um, my life is devoted to this. Like, um, I'm divorced, been divorced for a long, I mean, I absolutely have no time. I mean, I work, me and Lisa work 12 hours, almost seven days a week. Um, it's time doing consuming. this. Yes, doing this. This, this is full time. This is full time. Okay. I mean, not paying full time. Right. Full time volunteer right, service. Right. But it just takes that long and that many hours to really make a change. I mean, I've, I say this all the time. We don't feed them because they're hungry. I mean, we don't feed them because they deserve it. We feed them because they're hungry. But then when we go past that and we are working on that ID or they're in the hospital or we have a death or I mean all kind of things the tent flooded and you know Saturday morning now we got to go put new tents out because we're the ones that have them um, it takes a lot of time and um, when I, I I rarely say no I mean sometimes I have to just because I'm exhausted but yeah. it's this is my life this is what I'm choosing to do and there's no going back. I mean, it wouldn't matter if you talk bad about me today. I'm tomorrow. I'm still going to wake up and serve the same people. That, yeah, that does no bearing. On no what you're bearing doing. at all. Whether you think it's right or wrong, this is what God has called us to do. This is what we're going to do. So um, we we just persistency, mm-hmm. um, consistency mm-hmm. has made a huge difference in this ministry, and. They, the homeless know that, the people we serve know that, and they know they can count on us. And that's, you know, what we're going to just keep showing up and doing it. That's an interesting subject. And, I mean, I don't want to spend too much time there because it can end up probably sounding negative. But have you encountered any blowback before, like uh, entities or even just a, a message of, hey, you know, you guys are just yes really and it hurts over the years that's been mm-hmm. yeah and it hurts and it hurts when it comes from other christians mm. does I mean, that it, happen it, oh yes it happens really um, really yeah. well i'm not surprised i mean i'm not surprised in today's climate right but i i guess i still am so always that always surprises me right i mean you know they don't feel like we're we're doing more handouts and hand ups um what is that oh you I know gotcha. okay. just or enabling or not really yeah. fixing the issue or we let them come here and they're smoking cigarettes and we're still letting them come here. <laughs> right, and, right. You know, whatever. It's just, um, those things do hurt. And I mean, we, I think in the beginning it was a lot worse. Um, I think a lot of churches, other churches that help us, especially other churches, um, have seen that we're not stopping and, can either jump on or whatever and, and right. a lot of them have chosen to jump on which was cool I'm excited about that because yeah. I think it takes us all for sure and um, but yes we've we definitely have some issues yeah I, I just wondered I mean and I wondered if it was getting better or worse I mean honestly because in some ways 
compared to you know four or five years ago, I think there's definitely a, a sentiment against helping people. It it's it's almost like a polarization. I see like people who are um, really fired up about it, and then I see some people who are really fired up about telling you you shouldn't right serve people. And it's it's definitely. Um, I mean, I have so much support, and I'm so grateful. But there's there's definitely groups out there that um, take every chance they can get to let me know that they don't think we're doing right. Wow. And, um, and very condemning, or you know, they'll see a homeless drunk or high or somewhere and video it and post it, making fun of them. You know, um, mm. saying, you know, this is what you're spending your donations on you know and there's so much to every single story and every single story is different so it's not what you might see on the outside if you didn't stop and look and hear the rest of the story you might think differently but I I got tired of trying to put out fires you know so it's just like I just have to learn to yeah let that go yeah just um, shoot that away and go hey it doesn't change my mission it doesn't change me yeah, that, that, that cruelty. There's something strange about human cruelty. I've never really understood it to that. Uh, maybe when I was a child, I probably, I know I did. I'm not going to lie. Uh, yeah, I know I I would probably done cruel things and made jokes and joined the crowd. Mm-hmm. I know I did. Mm-hmm. And I'm ashamed of it. But I hope I learned, you know, and got better and didn't do that and stopped doing that. Right. But uh, I, I am fascinated by it. I mean, what makes us, what is that inside of us that makes us want to um, uh, chuckle at another person's misery? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know where that comes from. I don't know, but it's... We it's, had it. one of our homeless, um, she was on synthetic, mojo, whatever, and um, I don't, it makes her act crazy and zombie-like and you know she's doing their video in it and they put put it on the all over facebook and went viral and she tried to kill herself over it and who's the um, real what's the real evil there what was the evil i mean um thank god we found her and got her some help um but you know she was so embarrassed and ashamed of what the whole world had just witnessed her do yeah I don't. I don't understand how people think that's okay. No, people shame people for uh, it's a weapon, it and is. for whatever reason to to. I don't know why we would do that. I don't know, but it is common, and there's uh, it's a hard heartedness. I'd love to see that end. Me too. You know? Me too. Uh, but you don't. Unfortunately, sometimes the thing. I mean, for you, it was seeing you see uh, this this person who asked you to hug them, and your heart softened, right? So. That changes things, but for 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 others, and sometimes for ourselves, and for me, sometimes I have to go through something to soften it. Right. Some kind of boiling, tenderizing, and it's not always no. <laughs> painless, you know. And if you can look at that other person and think that's somebody, someone. Yeah. You know, it's like they belong. That somebody's daughter or mother or brother, dad. Yeah. I mean, that's somebody, someone. You know, it's interesting that you say that. I was thinking that today. I mean, today I was filming. I wasn't assisting, you know. I was mostly just observing. And uh, there was a mother that had some little kids with her. And I was filming, and these little kids, 
they, they, they were smiling at me. I'd smile back, and then the more I would smile, they'd smile. And it was like a little <laughs> game we were playing, and it was sweet. And I thought to myself that even that sometimes, just putting on a kind face is sometimes a big blessing. It really is. And it's hard sometimes to do, to not walk around in I got things to do mode and wear just like a statue face. Right. But to actually force yourself to, to put on a mask of kindness, because sometimes, I mean, unfortunately, some people... That could be it. That could be the face they interact with, and it, and that's it that day. That's it. That's right. You know? Right. Do, I want, do you want it to be a face of stone? Right. So you gotta, you got to show the love. you got to smile. So many ways that we can do things for people. Um, y'all are doing so much. I don't know. It's just been such an honestly, I feel kind of honored. And uh, even t- and today, your, your wheels start spinning when you're observing. <laughs> you're going, what else can I do? What can I do? What can I do? How can I help? You know, uh, I just would say that I'm assuming you, volunteers are always. Always needed. Always needed. Yeah. And especially as, you know, the new pantry building and those things. Um, and with winter, winter's right around the right corner. Right around the corner, oh, yeah. Yikes. Yeah. Um, which will be sheltering again for winter. And, Do y'all provide a different type of different foods in the winter? Yeah, different people just cook. We don't have a kitchen, so um, we just have roasters and crock pots and stuff, so different people just cook hot meals, big yeah. things of chili or... I got you. You know, jambalaya, or, and we feed. Um, it's a lot. <laughs> Those three meals a day, it's like... It's so cute, though, when you see somebody who's used to not... I mean, they're lucky if they get one meal a day. Being offered three meals a day, I mean, we've they ate so much till they threw up. <laughs> I, I believe it. I mean, I um, I had a guest recently who had kind of went through a food poverty when they were younger, and you know, they were. I'm not really spilling anything that's not going to be that they didn't say, but you know, having food poverty can create like an eating disorder right. in a person and when they finally do have access to food there's a fear that they're it's going to so, be taken away yeah be taken away and it creates a cycle of eating that's unhealthy for that person right. and it sticks around for their whole right. life and i'm sure y'all are experiencing some yes. of that you know i uh it's you said something a minute ago about you know seeing people that that's that's someone's mother sister mm-hmm. somebody that loved them uh, I, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie or read the book Into the Wild. No. Well, I'd read it back in the 90s, and it's the story about a young man who basically chooses to be homeless. You know, he leaves society, burns his... Oh, wow. You know, he left. He just took off, and his family didn't know where he was at. And It's a tragic story. You know, ultimately, he, he, he passes away. But after he passes away, you know, this reporter put together all the pieces where he'd been and ended up he had had all these relationships like all across the country as he had traveled around but he was homeless right you know i mean he looked homeless he lived on the street you know he was at the mercy of other people's kindness and his mother said something that just never left me she said every time i see somebody a young man with a backpack some a young man that's homeless I stop and ask him if I can help him she said because I see my son 
and I think about all those people, all those years on his whole journey that helped him, that showed him a kindness, you know, and I just think of them as my child, as my child, my Chris, you know, and it just, it's sticky, you know, it is so sticky. You can't get that kind of thing out of your head. I um, got to talk to Mr. Bobby's son yesterday, last night, and um, that was Mr. Bobby's, our homeless set. You said he passed away. He passed away. We found him in the woods dead last Thursday. And he's been here for about 14 years, and we've had him since the very beginning, and um, just amazing. I mean, like, we loved him. He was a kind, kind soul. And I knew he had a child, a son, but it was too painful for him to talk about. So we never got too far into that. But I got to speak to him last night because the coroner's office found him, and he said, thank you. Thank you for loving my dad. I, I just I haven't spoken with him in 10 years, and he said, I just... <laughs> I just went to your Facebook page and I saw tons of pictures of my dad smiling. And he said, I want to thank you for that. Um, he was happy. He, he had was a family. Loved. He was loved by you guys. Yeah, that's hard. You know, I... Uh, I um, I have a regret at first, and it's it's that story just really hits me. It's funny this time of year too. Um, you know, several years ago, my my father passed away, and uh, we we had stopped being close for a long time. But he had been sick, and you know, the truth of the matter is, I carry around a lot of shame about it because I couldn't get over myself. Right. You know, even when he was sick, to to spend time with him, I was. That's what he said last night. I was angry. Yeah, I was angry. I was angry and uh, angry, almost angry at him for being sick. It's so ridiculous, and in in hindsight, how just stupid that sounds. But resentment can, uh, and trauma, things like that. Sometimes even love just has a hard time getting you right. right. And I remember when my dad was in the hospital, how. And my sister, would. she called me and said, hey, you need to come to the hospital. Today, I promise you, if I got that phone call, there would be smoke right. beneath my feet. I wouldn't, I wouldn't ask. I would just go. And when my sister called me, I sat down at the kitchen table and, was, and didn't fly away. And I just was stunned. It was like all the years of so many different things and old resentments and kept me sitting at that table for another 30 minutes before I left. And, you know, that changed me. That's the painful tenderizing I'm talking about, right? right? Because in that story you just told, I mean, I just, that's, it, it completely shifted me because I didn't have much time left with him. And then honestly, I would never get to hear his voice again because he couldn't talk, you know? I got to look in his eyes, but right. I didn't get to ever hear another word. And if I had not been so, just so damn hard-hearted and resentful. That's what he said last night. You know, I could have had a moment. 
a kindness, learn some things that I heard some things, have some memories that I, and that's selfish, I guess, but I just, it won't ever happen again. Yeah. You know? That's, you're making me cry. Well, we learn. I mean, we're supposed to learn, right? I mean, I can tell that story just like he told you all that. And, you know, what's the point in telling it just so I can be sad? Right. No, absolutely. I, I just don't believe in that anymore. That There's an energy in that. I mean, I truly believe there's some kind of holy, spiritual, transformative fire. Absolutely. That burns away that, that, that nasty shell that we form, this callous thing that can become our heart. I mean, it can become it. Right. I really can. And I just don't want that. I don't want that. I I don't want that skin anymore. I don't want that callus anymore. I want a new heart. Don't want that. I'd rather just be done with that. Right. I, there's no value in being um, hard-hearted. No. There's no value in being cruel to other people. None, 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 none. And I just see that here with what y'all are doing. I just see... Honestly, the other thing I saw today, and I know that wipe away the tears, let's dry them with some happiness. I saw a lot of joy today. Yes. I mean, a ton of joy. So many of the volunteers are just joyful and happy. And we pick on them. They joke with (laughs) us. Yeah, y'all had a good time. (laughs) You have some powerful figures working with you guys in this place. I mean, powerful prayer leaders Mm -hmm. with real heartfelt and robust authentic just prayer yeah that was awesome i was like wow look at this is that josh Quaid? yeah he's amazing yeah i was like look at this look and the people outside y'all were all connected so heartily and then outside even you know i look around when people pray and i i've always done this since i was a kid except when i pray alone but i do i peek around and go who's (laughs) who's who who wants to do this and who doesn't right Who's in it, who's not? I mean, just because. I don't know why I do it, but I do. And I did today. Well, today I was filming, so I had an excuse. And when I was filming, I was like, look at this. Everybody, everybody's tuned into this. Everybody's got their antenna up. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. How awesome is that? You know? Yeah, it kind of blows my mind. (sighs) Wow. What a great experience. So amazing. So amazing. So much more to go, too. I can only imagine where y'all are headed and where this will, what it'll tr- continue to evolve into. Super excited. There's, we've got some big things coming, hopefully, you know, um, that'll be coming out soon. And I'm really excited about it. Yeah, I wish they were here so you could talk about them, but you can't. I but, can't. But, but soon. Yeah. I <laughs> once, um, once they, you know, I try really hard to uh, support the people that have been on this podcast uh-huh. and like get their information out. So once that hits, you know, yes. we'll have to get that out there for sure. Some really th- awesome things are in the corner. I just feel honestly really blessed to have been here today. Thank you for I've, coming. I texted my wife a few times and said, man, uh, it's, you know, this is a real thing. Unless you see it, I don't think people understand how it happens, but you come back anytime. Oh, um, I, I think I'm going to. I, mean, I, I I've got. I don't want to. I don't want to make commitments for other people, but I have some things I want to talk to my staff about when I get back. Um, are there ways that people who maybe can't come volunteer, 
but do you have a feel like a, they want to give a, a monetary gift or a food gift? What's the best way for them to do that? Yeah, my number. My, I'm in and out all week. I'm here every day. Um, just holler at me. I'll make sure we're here. It can be dropped off at the church or we are out on the roads. We can pick up. Okay. You know, just so y'all don't have like drop-off times or no, anything like that? Not. Okay. I wasn't We would sure. never make it if that happened. We're so not a rigid church. <laughs> we don't have schedules. I mean, it's just whatever happens, we make it happen. And yeah. it's just the way it is. So That's beautiful. And I'm happy. I know it. This episode's Fishing for Goodies Fishbowl sponsor is Brimstone Museum and Henning Cultural Center in Sulphur, Louisiana. I don't know what you look for when you travel, but one of the things I look for when I'm putting together my itinerary is a unique museum or gallery in the city I'm traveling to. I do this almost every time I go to a new city, but if I'm being honest, I'm guilty of not always doing that very thing right here at home in Sulphur, Louisiana. That's really a shame because we have one of the most interesting, historically relevant, and culturally rich corners in any city in the country about two minutes from where I'm sitting right now. I'm talking about the Brimstone Museum and Henning Cultural Center. Have you ever really thought about why our city is named Sulphur? They've got a permanent exhibit on the history of the sulphur industry that answers that simple question and more. You really get a full scope of just how important the sulphur mining industry was to the development of Southwest Louisiana and the impact it had on the rest of the world. Yes, the rest of the world. On the same property, right next door to the museum, is the Henning Cultural Center, presenting some of the most interesting, modern, and culturally relevant local art shows I've ever seen. My dear friend Tom Trahan and the Brimstone Historical Society have really worked hard to give us this treasure, and it's a multifaceted jewel that I plan to take advantage of more often. You don't have to wonder what their hours are, or how to get there, or what shows are coming up. Just go to brimstonemuseum.org, like I did, and subscribe to their mailing list right there on the homepage. That's brimstonemuseum.org. Tom will make sure you start getting the announcements for each and every new show at the gallery. But you don't have to wait for the mail to arrive to enjoy this historical local treasure. You don't have to be guilty, like me, of overlooking a local wonder that conveniently sits next to the Grove, one of the most beautiful walking parks in southwest Louisiana. Drop in and say hi to Tom for me. Tour the museum and center, and make sure to tell Tom that you heard about Brimstone Museum on Find the Good News. Now, let's take that dive in the fishbowl. Uh, you know about the fishbowl. What's a fishbowl? <laughs> You've listened to the show, yes, right? Absolutely. So every guest uh, that's come in, you know, I ask a lot of questions, and we go all over the place but this is where i give up everything to the fishbowl so every guest gets to draw three things out of here and some of them are questions and some of them are thought experiments some of them are what would you rather's some are funny some are serious and we'll just make see it the where it funny goes. one so just one at a time one at a time yeah oh this is from somebody that was on the show uh-oh can't read it tiny print <laughs> The guests, some guests and, and listeners have submitted questions. Where or how do you find serenity? Ooh, wow. Yikes. I actually want to know this. Um, honestly, on the streets. Really? Homeless people. That's where you feel it. And when I am home, feeling down not feeling like 
helping anybody, I know that's when I have to get up and hit the streets. And that's where I find my peace. Wow. You know, I've heard this from other people on the show. I had a guest say something so similar. Really? Yeah. But she said she's lonely, like perpetually lonely. But she prays for God to use her loneliness in service to other people. So that's when she knows it's time for her to go check on people. That's about the right thing for me. Um, I don't go out or... I just don't. It brings you peace. Right. It just brings me, the service brings me peace, yes. That's incredible. It really is because there's so many people that have different answers to this question. What's your answer to that? What brings me serenity? (coughs) I, oh boy. I can tell you when I feel the most serene is when I am contemplating, honestly, creation. I think just the feeling of serenity when I have a moment to really think about the why we're here. What are we here for? I think about that all the time. And that, my daughter says that gives her an existential crisis. <laughs> that probably does me too. But I do. I think about that. And when I, let my, when I let myself think about it, that's when I can get connected to people. Because I stop, I guess I, for me, I stop being myself for a little bit. Do you know? I mean, I yeah. can get outside of my own garbage drama right you know and i see i can see a connection to that and like what you're saying because it's when i start to look at other people almost as i can get in that place where i see them as myself Uh like i stop just being trapped in my own mess right that's so good stop being trapped in my own mess yeah and get into there not not so i can forget right but just so i can see the commonality between us, I guess, you know, the same source, right. the same blood, same, we, we arose from the same thing. Right. Let's see. Where did I put these? If someone has hurt you in the past, write a forgiving letter to them. Hmm. You don't have to write a letter, but you know. <laughs> do I have to? You don't have to. No, I do have to. <laughs> I needed that. Really? <laughs> yes, I needed it. Um, that's a good one for today. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's strange. Pain is hard, though. That is hard. And when that... somebody hurts you, it's hard. And we yeah. were just talking about that today. <laughs> well, you know what? This is my hardest thing. I tell people this all the time. And I don't know if I have a letter for the person. Right. The letter is mostly for myself, for me. I hope someday... I won't carry around this resentment towards you. That's literally as short as I can make it. I hope someday I don't feel it because it is in the way of me getting on with some things in my life. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Because I can't let go of some pain. Or when I lay down at night, you know, you think about it. The ghosts start the ghosts, bouncing around. It's just, ugh. Yeah. And a lot of mine, I mean, I, I don't know what yours is. I wouldn't pretend we all have lots of things, but... There's several like things like that where I, I harbor, and that, that word, harbor, <laughs> I, I provide the port. I give it harbor. You know, I allow that boat to dock there with all this stuff I have, and I could just let it go, but it's 
I don't know why I want to keep it for some real weird reason. I say want, but do you ever feel like oh, that? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think the hardest part for me is like when I'm criticized about the ministry. Yeah. I'm not talking about construction constructive criticism that's a a lot of things we do has been based off that yeah i'm talking about when somebody criticizes what you're doing like you're only giving a handout you're not really making a difference yeah you know those types those are the hardest ones for me to forgive because it's like i pour so much into this why can't why don't you see the good we're doing yeah (laughs) yeah i can relate to that i can with my son because and, and, and it gets all intermingled in my faith too because like there are people that will say because my son's gay mm-hmm. and they say things like well you got to do more than love him the way you love him is correcting him and i go wait a second yeah. hold on so you want your you want your your mission their mission is love looks like re-education you know, you're not. You don't really love them if you're not pointing out that this lifestyle, as you know, right. like to say. And I go, wait, hang on a second. So for me, it's just I just he's my he's just my son, and I love him. Right. That's my mission. Well, you're just enabling a lifestyle that's going to bring him grief, and it sounds a lot like what you're right. talking about, Absolutely. right? In the same way, Absolutely. it's like, no, you need to give teach those people how to stand on their own two feet and get right and get fixed and xyz you're just providing a meal and loving them that's only enabling them i can hear those voices because it sounds so much it is so much like that you know i think that's and i i will harp on that (laughs) i bring it up (laughs) tonight when i lay down i'm gonna think about it you know i don't know and that's the part i want to learn to let go of yeah sounds like you almost have to at the same time though because you said earlier that you know you can't let that doesn't change your mission it's not gonna stop so me. all that stuff that that naysaying ain't gonna stop me it's not gonna stop me yeah the only thing for me it's the same thing like i the only thing it's done is i've i've had to learn hmm i say learn in many times I used to keep my mouth shut about it. I go, well, you know, they can say that. I'll just walk away and I'll move on mm-hmm. and keep just keep moving on that mission. I, I, I thought that was enough, but what I've learned is those voices of dissent have gotten louder. And so I felt like I do have to be more vocal, but peacefully so, like in a loving way and go, hey, you think you're correcting me. I actually do need to take a minute and correct you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I used to would have went, okay, they think they're correcting me. We'll just shake our dust off our sandals and walk away. But I think I'm shifting into a more robust mode. I like that. You know, where I'm like, hey, hang on. I appreciate that you think you're helping me, but let me help you. And now it's up to you to accept what I'm. That's an awesome way to look at that's it. That's hard, though. You know, it's hard because everybody wants to adjust the lover constantly. Right. I mean, we see I it. I see it all the time. It's like. Let me let me sit you down, explain to you in detail why you helping other people is bad for right. country, city, community, <laughs> the person. You know, we spend all, they spend tons of energy telling you why you shouldn't do the thing and help somebody. And I just I don't know I sound real nasty as I my no, tone but shifts, that's, but that's kind of how I that's that's the truth. <laughs> It's like, that's a lot of energy you're putting really into thinking is. of how to not do this. 
And my response is, okay, thank you. And then I'm yeah. Oh, yeah. Afterwards. I know. And social media probably doesn't help because I know I feel that sometimes I'm like, I just want to put my little, put it out there. Right. And then I, then I write it and then I go, well, how can I reword this? For me, what I've tried to learn to do, which I'm a big believer in shifting the way we use social media, is uh, what, I've, what I've been doing as an experiment is I've been writing myself a lesson. Like, how can I reword this for me? as a piece of advice for me about that situation instead of for the person. That's and then, good. Then when I get it to where I can take it as my own advice, then I post it as that. Right. Oh, cool. And I go, Oh, well it could be for, it sounds like it's for somebody else, but it was really, in fact, I think people might think, uh, what's he doing? Like, why does he <laughs> post that stuff? And I go, well, actually that stuff's for me. For you. It's for me, but it sounds like it maybe it's for somebody else. That's cool. It's, I don't know. All kinds of so ways cool. to twist. Up. <laughs> right, right, right. I get it though. So we didn't write a love letter. No. But, but I, I get, I get it. You get it. Yeah, I do get it. <laughs> yeah. You got another question. That was a good one though. That's good. Uh, I don't, I don't, I like the little pieces of paper. I do too. Let's see. What is the nicest thing a stranger has ever done for you? Oh, wow. That sounds like it could be a nice, relevant question. Stranger? Hmm. What about anybody? You have something that stands out? Yeah, I, I mean, I kind of had a big... There's been lots of big things. I mean, people have been so kind and generous to me, but um, Chris Carroll, who uh, owns Bayou Beds in Lake Charles. Yeah. Helped us with uh, our air mattresses. Really? He stored them for our winter shelter. And when he goes and picks up a mattress, he takes the old mattress if it's in good shape. And he keeps them for our homeless or people that were moving into housing. And it's just an amazing man. And he's real big on sleeping peacefully at night. And he said, you never stop. You know, um, you're always going and... I could see you limping, and, you know, he said, yeah. I want you to have a nice bed. Really? And he, they bought me a brand new bed. Wow. Yes. I mean, How nice is that? That's amazing. Like, nobody's ever done anything like that for me. He just noticed, right. and he sees you serving, and he, I just, mm-hmm. man. Yeah, and that's... then I've had, like, Sippy Edwards bought me a massage, and my nails done, and, you know, just a lot of nice People see the stressful, um, the busyness of this work and want to treat us, and it's it's a blessing. Yeah. I mean, it isn't glamorous work. It isn't. It'd be easy to... It's easy to just sit back and think somebody's doing taking care of this. Right. That's really what it... it I, I'd do it. I'm not going to lie. I'm guilty of it. Going, well, somebody's... Somebody, surely somebody's doing something. Right. That somebody happens to be you and these volunteers. That's right. So cool. That's awesome that that, that people have recognized that and, and Chris for doing that. I'm glad you shared that. Yeah, that was that was pretty neat. This has been a really good experience. I'm so glad I finally got to sit yeah, and talk to thank you. Thank you so much for coming. Oh, uh, I can't wait to share this with people. I mean, there may be a lot of people who know what you guys do and what it looks like, but they I don't. But I don't. I don't know. I <laughs> yeah. hope the people that don't know or hope it opens their eyes. Right. Uh, it was very active and it was very fast paced and you guys really really did a lot in a short amount of time today that's right yeah it's amazing there is one last part of the show it's something new 
you're only the second guest to do that. And this is the unbox your better self box. Okay. So uh, this basically is not really a challenge so much for you or uh, directly. If you want it to be, it can. But this is really for me and the listeners. Uh, so what these are, are challenge prompts, things that they can do to maybe just try something new in their life and, and enhance their life overall. Pick any card. Any card you want, yeah. And this is just really for, for all of us out there to try something new. Have a curious conversation with someone you disagree with. Ooh. Ooh. That, mmm. I, I, I like I'll that. take that challenge. Okay. I will. I have to find somebody I disagree <laughs> with, which probably wouldn't be too hard. No. I could find that very easily, actually. Because it's funny. I have people in my life. That's an interesting conversation point. I have people in my life that I, um, gosh, how do I even say this? I would, I would be careful because I don't want to offend anybody by, and hurt their feelings because it may sound really mean what I'm about to say. But they're okay, and, and especially in Christianity as a Christian. There are Christian people that I can, that I agree with and we can have conversations Uh and it feels like we're on the same page but there are certain areas when we get into them it's like whoa we just stepped in a hole because on these issues we are worlds apart and i go and i always wonder and i'm always fascinated too by how can we agree about all this stuff and like take the train all the way and we get to this stop right here and our train split on these on these issues that aren't there's huge differences and and it makes it harder to have the relationship and all the other things that you agree on because when you get to that you go well this is a critical thing it really is it's critical i so get that so yeah maybe those are the types of conversations where i could i would love to have them as long as i could get into that conversation and both of us accept that we we may not leave it Convinced, right? And we can still love each other and work together. Yeah. If that was a, if I could have those rules, right? <laughs> right. That was like sign it here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know. That'd be interesting. I'll take that challenge. Then I'll start thinking about that. I think that would be worth. It. So that's for the listeners too to, right. to try to, you know, how can we find common? How can I have that conversation? Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, this has been wonderful. It's been great. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Now it's time to go feed the homeless. That's right. That's what's next. I love you just as well. Thanks for listening to this episode of Find the Good News. If you would like to advertise on this show or sponsor an episode, just visit findthegood.news. Send me a message and we'll see about getting your business, organization, service, product, or event on the show. I deeply thank each of you again for supporting this podcast.